What's up, everybody? This is Pastor Maxwell from New Beast Grove, and we're here for another edition of Bring the Smoke. And I have the one, the only, Dr. E. Dewey Smith Jr., baby. He's up here uh, to preach for our March Gospel Madness. He come every year. I'm going to put the plug in, man. He come back next year, too, right? <laughs> the Lord say the same. <laughs> the Lord say the same. Well, we know what the Lord going to say. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate you for getting my brother back up here. <laughs> hey, man, but seriously, though, man, in the pandemic, man, you have been thriving, man. What's the secret, man? I know a lot of people say you're supposed to tithe, but I know people are tithing, but do you have other streams of income yeah. to help with the church? Well, you know, I think it's important to, first of all, I think the pandemic was about rediscovery. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think for everybody, a time to reimagine, rediscover, and really take a look at what you're doing. And one of the things I noticed is the way we did church pre-pandemic, the way we budgeted it pre-pandemic, everything shifted. The, the pandemic made me reallocate resources and look at okay what, what were we really doing because I think a lot of things that we, a lot of things that we did pre-pandemic it won't be necessary for the next chapter mm. so the first step is to evaluate what you have so I was like the prophet said to the woman what you got in your house already because mm. sometimes you're spending money on things that yeah. don't add to the bottom line yeah you know a lot of programs we have in summer winter winter spring fall and summer revival it really makes you look at, okay, then it look, makes you look at the people you have. Right. Because some people that you have with you, you have to ask yourself the question, okay, if we're not coming to the building, what what does this position do mm. to really affect the bottom line of the church? Wow. And I discovered that I was carrying a lot of things and a lot of people who really weren't helping me and helping push the vision forward. Wow. So they were really taking versus supporting. And you'd be surprised how much room and margin and capital you'll free up Come on, doctor. just by reassessing what you have. Man, it's this one old school preacher, man. He say he made them write out how much money they bring in for the church. Like, what are you worth? Mm -hmm. Like, he made them do that themselves, mm -hmm. man. Yeah. I was like, that's ingenious. Yeah, yeah. How do we, why are you paying for yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a lot of times people have gotten so comfortable uh, being on a ride. Mm. And they with you, and they 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 on your dime, you know. So it's like uh, I I just had to realize realize, you know. And I think my a pastor's heart, I have a pastor's heart. You care for people, right? But just because, but, but that's the pastor's heart. But I'm still a CEO. Yes. And I, what I had to realize is, you know, I'm not people's source. Yeah. God is. Yeah, amen. You know, God took care of them before they came to the ministry. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, so we have to. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he Jehovah Jireh. I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? That's a difference. You know what I mean? So we, the, the business component, we don't want to talk about. Yes. It. it takes it takes a business acumen. You what you're doing at New Beach Grove, all the buildings, the cost, insurance, mortgage. That 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 money doesn't grow on trees. It doesn't. And you have and sometimes we bring people aboard that and they've been with us in, a, in one season and so the things that we did we were able to we money we were the money we were able to save yes by not doing certain things in the pandemic it off it opened up doors for us so that's the first thing i think that you have to wow. do wow man you know what i realized our biggest one of our biggest expenses was the ministry food absolutely don't want to eat every are, time are you, are you kidding and, and and that expense is on the church man it's on the church like you ain't got to eat every time go home and eat Man, let me tell you something. Uh, 
funerals because mm. I passed in the older church. Yeah. So that means program. <laughs> we passed. Then our cathedral, over 7,000 seats. So every time we turn those lights on, that's like the equivalent of $5,000. Wow. So we do 100 funerals a year. And people want to, I want to have my funeral in the church. Well, first of all, your uncle didn't come to church when he was alive. We bringing a small Maria today, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, so now you want to have a funeral. Yeah. Us do the program. Right. And feed 100 people. Mm -hmm. So he can go out of the world in style. But he didn't, he didn't contribute to the church in the course of his lifetime. Wow. So we have another building that seats about 400 people. Multi-purpose building. We said, we're going to use that space. Utilities are less. And you'd be surprised how many people angry. Yeah. Why we put 30 people in a, in a room that sees 7,000 people? Right. This is my church. Well, this is also business. Yes. And if we do four funerals a month and $5,000 each, that's $20,000 added to the budget, not talking about the programs or the food. Man, they got to be like Jesus. Jesus said, I'm going to borrow this tomb. Yeah. <laughs> right? Jesus said, hey, I don't need it, but for three days, they ain't going to buy it. Hey, let me borrow this tomb. Jesus was a businessman, right? <laughs> hey, hey, look, look. He feel like he, he the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He done told him to go get money out of fish when he wanted to. And he said, you know what? I ain't wasting no money. Hey, man, let me borrow your tomb. I don't need it, but for three days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but if Jesus can live out of borrow tomb, you can go have a funeral at a smaller building, man. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, they don't come to church no way. And then you think about it, you know, you have chapels. At the, every funeral home almost has a chapel. Mm -hmm. But people don't, but people see the church and, and don't get me wrong, the church should be there for its members. That's not, that's not what I'm yeah. talking about. Right. I'm talking about there is a business component yes. to all this and economics. And it's always sometimes a million dollars the one dollar givers who want a million dollars worth of benefits. Reverend. And so, and so the pandemic, nobody was coming to funerals. We were doing funerals by Zoom, mm -hmm. funerals at the gravesite, yeah. and we had limitations of well, if you got 50 people that can only 50 people that can come, we use this smaller venue. Yeah. And so when I looked at the monies we saved just by reallocating and reimagining, it's like it doesn't make any sense. Man, the pandemic so like a business. People will say, don't ever waste a good crisis. Lord have mercy. Come on. The pandemic was a good crisis because you could change so much stuff. They don't even remember what they were having. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you could change so much stuff behind the scenes because they don't even remember what they were doing. You understand? Yeah. So if you if you open enough to, to be able to change and pay attention and reassess, you, you that should have been an easy time for you to change anything. When you think about, okay, you've been doing media for a while. I've been doing media for a while. Very few churches had podcasts. Some churches I knew 15 years ago when Facebook first started, they said Facebook is the devil. Mm -hmm. Now those same folks that saying Facebook mm -hmm. is the devil, welcome to Facebook Live. Same hey, folks, right? Come on, so, go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna tell you in a minute, go ahead, keep going, yeah. keep going. And, and, so, and so that's a reallocation of things in terms of, you cannot have a 21st century post-pandemic ministry now without having budget items for media. Yeah. It's, 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 it's <laughs> Before we have, you know, Christian education or youth past or men's different things, people sit in the office. But it's a new, it's a new day and new time. Yeah, that's the new age the world, and you and you got to have those things in place. Um, and so and so, you'd be surprised what we can do virtually. Mm. 
and what you can create virtually yes. versus coming to the place in person. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the things that we did that was very, very helpful. And then, you know, uh, another good thing is my director of community affairs and outreach, uh, Pastor Reese Cross, she also works with our counseling center. She began to leverage partnerships with uh, and grants with other community agencies, Emory University, uh, for health summits, for counseling, for youth. If you have a nonprofit within the church, there are all types of monies available for you to partner and do things that affect the community. But a lot of times we depend everything on tithes and offerings. Yeah. So having the right people around you, you know, right now I'm working on a whole piece for violence through the arts where Atlanta is just, the violence is going through the roof. Well, how, how, now we have a program, cameras set up like you do. We now, own, we now co-own a TV station with the only minority FCC licensed uh, TV station in the city of Atlanta. We're now co-owners of that. Wow. Well, now we can bring in people to teach them how to do Time cameras. Out. Do you know how big that is? The only black one in Atlanta. You know how black Atlanta FCC is? FCC certified. FCC license. So, so, so how many black ones there, period? Because if you in Atlanta, you're the only one. Less than 2% of TV stations Jesus. are owned by blacks. And this That's kingdom ministry. And yeah. I'm sure somebody called you devil because, look, I'm coming back. He, you know what he said. Remember that dude came and called me the devil? Dude called yeah. me the devil in my own church because I was serious? doing Facebook. Are you serious? And then we set his Facebook up. My dude dangling and didn't want to go set it up for him. Same dude. Because he was so mad. And I was like, man, it's cool, man. Make your money. Whatever, real. I said, man, we good. The funny thing about it, Jamal, he said, he told me to call dude's name out, but I ain't going to do that. <laughs> Jamal said, me get that. And he's like, I ain't that humble yet. Jamal said, Negro, call his name. We're on the podcast. He said, call his name. <laughs> he said, don't let him get away with that one. He was like, Reverend, I can't let it. He said, you're a little hum more humble than me. He was like, call his name. <laughs> he, was on, he was on the podcast trying to make me call dude's name. I'm like, I ain't going to do dude like that. He know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, just, just. <laughs> and so, so just so small-minded, man. Yeah. Just so small-minded. And unfortunately, these things have been out for years. And, uh, you know, it says in sociology, society changes every four or five years. The black church changes every 20. Every 20. And so I think the pandemic forced us to change. To change. And yeah. so I just, my prayer is that, and that's budget-wise. So that's some things we were doing financially. I'm not going back to. I'm yeah. just not going to, because I learned what we can do. Sometimes less is more. Ooh. And so, you know, I'm not, you know, right. So right now, there's people who in my church don't like me because I'm, I'm going through it. What is the bottom line? Every, every, everybody wants to be paid. Yeah. Every, everybody's not. No. What are you doing for this? Some of these things you can do with volunteers. Yeah. And I would rather have five effective ministries that are that are that are purposeful, that are passionate, that that affect the bottom line, than have 25 on the website. Just say we got stuff that's not doing that. Exactly, man. What Solomon said in Ephesians, he said money answers all things. People think you don't need money. You know what I'm saying? God gave you salvation, but it still costs. It costs him his whole life. It costs money to do ministry. Absolutely. You know, that's why we do the, like when we did the PPP loans, a lot of churches, because they weren't set up as, a lot of churches didn't go and set up themselves as, um, they didn't become incorporated, so they couldn't get it. Absolutely. Because if you were not incorporated, you just a mom and pop shop. Absolutely. You couldn't get it. Absolutely. The funny thing about it, me here in Virginia, it was illegal. See, that's why a lot of people don't know in Virginia. It was illegal to incorporate a church here until 20 years ago. Wow. When, uh, what's the guy that started? 
Farwell. 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 Yeah. Liberty University. He sued the state of Virginia wow. to get Jersey Bear to be incorporated. Wow. Because if you're not incorporated, you have to go before the judge for them to allow you to buy buildings. Wow. So how can I own a cat on a thousand hills? How can I own land? How can I say I'm the lender, not the borrower, and I got to go to you for permission? Wow. They don't understand. Sometimes we might not even look like we qualify to get certain things, but because of faith, we go out and get certain buildings. Like yeah. a judge probably never would have let us get that building. No doubt about it. I had 20 of my top tithers leave 20. when we became incorporated. 20. They said it was a devil. But you know what? They sent their last tire check. Thank you. They sent their last tire check as a way of kind of manipulating like we gone. Yeah. Man, God replaced it. When they left, when those 20 members left, our giving went up 25%. It's so God, yeah, they left, but God brought other people in. Because God will, God will make a way out of nowhere. Like you always say, if it's God's vision, then he going to give you the provision. Absolutely. If it's his will, it's his bill, you yes. know? And so... Um, I can't say it like you said. You know, you go. No, it's, it's, yeah, uh, I can't. I can't that, do like he you, do. There you go. <laughs> I can't do like he do. That, but that, yeah. but listen, twenty first century church man, you have to be creative. Yes, tithes and offerings probably would be some of our main income, but you have to be able to do different things. If you're not incorporated, you need to look at being incorporated because when you become incorporated, if I do something wrong, and brother Dewey didn't do nothing wrong, he going to jail with me. Okay. If it's not incorporated, right. because we all connected. Right now, it's not to this whole not, and it still holds you accountable. Absolutely. Now, if I do something wrong and we incorporate it, I get in trouble by myself. Right, and he don't get in trouble unless he knew something about it and he helped me do it. Right, so you got to understand, you got to protect your people, and so instead of having a loan on your name, you understand, having a loan on your name and your people's name, you want that loan on the entity. And that also why some people act like they own the church, because literally some people do own the church no, because no, it's not incorporated no. and it's in their name. No doubt about, no and then doubt they about have it. a big head because they know their name is on the loan yep. and they feel like they're supposed to have some control. That's why you create. Sometimes when you don't do business, you create Absalom spirits Absolutely. and Jezebel spirits when you don't handle your business right. Yep. So look, I'm telling you, um, he showed me how to get the PPP loan. He's showing me also how to get the ER, ERC credit. ERC credit. Tell, explain that. Well, the ERC churches. credit, what happened when the, when the pandemic hit, um, the government uh, allowed agencies who had employees and who kept their employees during the pandemic to receive benefits from it. A lot of folks are afraid of the government. With the government trying to take the government can't tell you what to preach. You know what I'm saying? Now, now when it comes to, you know, uh, they can't control what you preach. So what happens is what they would give you $26,000 per employee over a two-year period if they were W-2 employees. Yeah. So if you got five employees on your staff who are W-2, that means you can get $52,000 for the year 2020 and 2021 for one employee. So if you got five of them over that time period, that's a quarter of a million dollars that goes back into the church. Because you kept the people on payroll. Because you kept them. And we kept ours on yeah, payroll. Yeah, Some yeah. people didn't agree. Yeah. But <clears throat> the right. funny thing about it is uh, because we own, um, you know, we do the Givelify, yeah. we do the Text to Give, mm -hmm. we do the Cash App, you know, we do the PayPal, we do the Easy, we do all those different electronic platforms. Mm -hmm. I remember they came at me kicking and screaming. 
Absolutely. They didn't want to do it. I'm like, we're not leaving money on the table. They were calling me crazy. Oh, it's one point something percent being taken out. They still in money. But then when the pandemic hit, you would have thought everybody was in agreement with it. Man, I'm so glad we did electronic giving because they ain't coming to church, but they still tied. Because it's on automatic. Pastor, ain't you glad we did that? You know, I'm just like, yeah, sir, I'm glad. But in my mind, like, well, you the main person trying to crucify me for doing this. Churches, how can you be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the lender and not the bar? if you always behind the curve, if you never are the pioneers, if you never really walk into the apostolic, if you never really the trailblazers of doing it, how in the world can you say you the head and not the tail? You can't say it. So a lot of times churches be walking in fear. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. And then you got you can't be scared to pay people. Like, I, you know, my people, they say they want to do the, 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 uh, ERC, they want to ER, what is it, kid? ERC credit. They want to do with the yeah. ERC credit. They want to go ahead and put it together. But I still want them to make sure they keep up with their other work. Right. But I told them, go ahead and let the third party do it. Absolutely. They said, well, the government said that you shouldn't use these third party people because some of them crooked. Some pastors crooked. Is that right? Some bookkeepers crooked. Right, right. Some police officers crooked. Right, right. Some judges crooked. Right. But I've been it's been vetted by my big brother. He done told me exactly what I need to do. They getting blessed by it. Other churches getting blessed by it. And the thing about it, sometimes you got to learn how to just pay people to do certain things to free yourself up. See, that's how millionaires and billionaires think. We all want to get ourselves all in the minutia because we never want to help nobody get paid. Right. But my thing is, how can you do all these? If you be favor over a few things, I'll make you rule over many things. But if I'm rule over many things... <clears throat> I can't do all them things on my own. Lord have mercy. You know what I'm saying? I can't preach, yeah. play the saxophone, do the sound, do the ERT, do the PPP. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Put the lesson plans together, make sure the light's straight, right. make sure the AC fixed. You can't do all that. You got to learn how to free yourself up and think like billionaires. Billionaires don't do... I used to fix my own car because I ain't had no money. But right. now I got money, I sent it to the dealer. Right, right. I had to clean my own house all the time, but now I got to free myself up to do my real estate and everything else. So you have to learn how to go ahead and give away some money so you can have the time freed up to make money. And then, so, with, and then with ERC, too, yeah. you, you can find a company where we pay them, they take the liability, which means if something goes wrong with it, then the liability is not on the church, it's on them. So why, yeah, because they're the third party. You said, so why wouldn't you? You know, you don't have, you don't have the liability, so they're they going to be responsible. If anything goes wrong... Iris coming after them, not you. Yeah, because they the one did. Because they the one did. So, <laughs> so you, you you vet all that up front. You, but you know we just so we just so small minded. Stop counting other people's pockets. Right. And, yeah. and let me say something about the government. I ain't met with you, Iris. Cause I know y'all about crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me talk to them. <laughs> See, a lot of times people don't understand too. Of course. The government want to recycle all that money. They don't want to give it to you. Absolutely. They want to say they showed you, but they really don't want you to use it. Right. So, of course, I, I would sit there. It, it's in my best interest for me to tell you all the stuff that goes wrong. Yeah. Because if you sit up there and try to do it yourself, you're probably not going to get it done. Right. But if you have somebody who has a system and they do it all the time. Absolutely. And they always doing it. Then that's who you want to go ahead and put it together. Absolutely. Why? This man got way more members than I do. Staff bigger than mine. So we're not going to get as much money as him, but he didn't get his bookkeeping all them to do it, even though they had more money to pay somebody to do it. He went ahead and got a third party to do it. I think I'm ministering to myself right now. Y'all had to move out of the way. I'm sorry, uh, Newbies Grove. I'm had to, y'all got to move out of the way because we need somebody to have a system together. Let me, let me, let me get, go ahead and get out of this. But let me tell y'all right now, churches, you have got to be forward thinkers. 
you can't sit up here and walk in fear. So true. God gave you a spirit of power and a sound mind, not a spirit of fear. Yeah. Like him, he just like, man, I'm do it. He heard somebody else do it. Boom, he sent me a text. Man, first of all, man, appreciate you, man. Because oh, some folk don't try to tell you that. Come on, some man. folks see the Bible say, I bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Yeah. But some folks don't never try to help nobody else get nowhere, well, yeah, you man. Got, you got people just greedy, man. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, what's, what was really funny about this, I sent it to some pastors and they were like, yeah, I heard, I, I heard it. we did it last month. I'm like. And they ain't even say nothing. So, so I, you know, I said, no problem. But it made me just think about it. You know, why wouldn't you share it? Right. If, if you got blessed by it. I went through my phone. I, you the first one, first yeah. one on text. Yeah. I thought about who are my friends. I yeah. text everybody I, who I went through my phone and just yeah. sent it arbitrarily. Whether yeah. people, because I felt like it's an opportunity for all of us to be. We all been struggling through this pandemic. Yeah. If you you held on through this pandemic and and did ministry through this pandemic, Bishop Morton said you 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 blessed you you every pastor who kept the church who kept the church together through the pandemic. God got a special blessing for you. He does. And so my thing was, let me send it to everybody so we all can benefit because yeah. we. Sh- we should share. We don't share with each other. We know. And see, that's yeah. why I'm doing the yeah. podcast. I'm making sure I bring it up now because we're going to put it out because I want churches to see it. I want yeah. black churches, white churches, Hispanic churches, all churches to see it because the wealth of the wicked laid up for the right. Absolutely. But so many times we miss it because we don't sit up there and have relationship with certain people or we don't sit up there and study the certain things. But how can the wealth be laid up for the, how can the wealth of the wicked be laid up for the righteous if you don't ever be in some of the circles? A- absolutely. You understand? Yeah. You got to go get laid up. Don't come down. You got to go get it. You got to go get it. Yeah, and so that's that's my piece, man. So, you know, whether that's sending you up a number, a five hundred one c three, you want to do it. Well, I want to do the name of the church. Do it as a separate organization. Do something that allows you to do community development, human resources, youth activities, housing, food for food insecurity, HIV awareness. Do your nonprofit that can also set you up. Yeah. Uh, have a five hundred one c three that you can put yourself in a position to get grants, protect the church, indemnify the church, put in a separate name. You, well, people are more apt to want to give exactly. nonprofits than they would to a yeah, church. To a church, so you can still do the work. But we just so small-minded and, and so stuck. And and the words of that hymn, we don't know how to serve the present age. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important. We got to serve. The, that's that's an old hymn. Every Baptist deacon a charge to keep our hand <laughs> to serve the present age. And yeah. so, how do we serve the present age? Not with an old mind. Not with a, a fifty-year-old mentality. No man. But see, yeah. this this is awesome. So. Man, in the pandemic, you helping pastors like me, you sending out information. And then you have your own, uh, I would say, uh, alliance, if you would. Man, tell them about your alliance, man, because I'm definitely going to get in. First of all, let me tell you all something. Stop trying to walk around here and act like you can do it all by yourself. You know why the geese can fly far? Because they fly in formation. You understand? They fly in formation. And when one get tired, then the front, they go to the back. Well, us pastors... A lot, we can't go to the back. We always got to stay in the front. But we got to have our members flying in formation so we can have more energy. But every now and then, he'll send you a Jakes. He'll send you a Dr. Dewey. You understand? So you have these mentors, and he, I'm going to get him to tell you about his alliance and his his fellowship to help us be better. Because sometimes you do want to go to the back and rest so that I can go under him and let him be in the front. You feel me? Because he done already trailblazed. Why would I sit up there and try to reinvent the wheel when the Negro done already went through it. Why? Man, brother, hey, man, how I do this? 
Now I don't feel bad because I said I'm gonna get in his alliance. I be getting a whole bunch of information for free because the relationship. You know what I'm saying? I said, well, Negro, I'm gonna get in your fellowship because at least I'm gonna so back into you. Now I ain't gonna feel guilty because sometimes I sit there and be like, man, I don't ever want to text him, man. I know he's busy, man. I don't want to bother him. Yeah, I might sit there for two days, literally, and not even text him. Now Negro would text you every day. Hey, man, how you do this? <laughs> Go ahead and tell us how to join, man, because I'm gonna join. <laughs> I'm a joy. I ain't gonna care how many questions I ask you. <laughs> Seriously, I'm sorry. Man, you gotta get honor what honor is due. Wow. You can't just keep taking, taking, taking and never give back and never sold. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's why when anniversaries come, hey man, with your cash out, I, I need to remember, but you know, he got a secret coat. Wow. He he's so blessed. Me, I just do my name. I don't want wow. you to begin. He got all these daggone letters. I'm like, Negro, you better help somebody. But you know, I'm always bless the man of God because he always bless me. But to be able to glean from a man of God. And see, some of y'all want to go get, they trying to be funny, some of y'all want to go get folk that's 80 years old. I ain't saying it's bad because some 80-year-old people still got energy. But this dude, the amount of members he has, the impact, first of all, this dude got albums. This dude, <laughs> this dude be on Grammy Awards and Dove Awards, okay? He doing it, Mark. He got the only black company in black Atlanta, right? That's certified to do the the, the, the the entertainment industry. So he's doing kingdom marketplace ministry. You want to connect with this man of God to help your ministry. But some of us don't want to be humble enough to submit and learn from somebody else. But where there's much counsel, there's safety. So I'm going to let this man of God tell you about his um, fellowship that I'm going to get in. Basically, I won't feel bad. For asking him all these questions. So I'm already, I've been in the fellowship before he started it. <laughs> now, I'll be, now I'll be a member. Go ahead, man. Tell about the fellowship, well, yeah, man. You know, let me just give a brief history. In 2004, I went to where I am now, 19 years ago, House of Hope, Great Travelers Rest. And when I went there, uh, I went there and I had to coexist with my predecessor. He didn't leave. Dude. He was there for 47 years. So I had never seen a pastor go into a church with the previous pastor still there. Yeah. And what I represented was something totally different from what he represented. So it was tough. And not, not, he was different, not, and different doesn't mean deficient. Yeah. And a tr very, very traditional church. And about two years later, I discovered that a lot of my colleagues who were in traditional established churches, they were either in court or getting put out. Dude. And so they would call me and say, man, how, well, how, are you, how are you maintaining? How are you able to move the church forward with the steel? You ain't lost any people. You ain't spent the church. So I did my first conference in 2007 called, called Maximizing Your Ministry for traditional established churches to help us kind of come. As a matter of fact, when I met you, well, yeah. not when I met you, but yeah. right before you came to New Beach Grove, right. you came and you sat yep. in on a couple of my yep. meetings yep. for one of the conferences yep. I was doing. Yep. So I would do it annually, and it was really my wife's idea. So what happened was from that time until now, people said, we need a fellowship, we need a network, because a lot of the conventions, a lot of the associations, and you know the Baptist Congress and the, uh, the convocations, you know, it's part. It's good for history, but a lot of the stuff I need for current day ministry, I'm not getting it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I prayed about it, and uh, about four or five people came and said, "Pastor, we got to do something. Why don't we start our own network where we have, you know, our own bi-monthly meetings? We bring people together, have conversations. Now we can do it by Zoom. So we started something called Ambassadors Assembly, mm -hmm. and so it's a network for pastors and leaders from across the country uh, who want to come and get stuff with be homiletics, whether it's men's ministry, whether it's building the church, whether it's the IRS, just a plethora of topics, whether it's technology, you know, any topic you can imagine. Uh, and so we, we started in October, and we already got about 400, pa 400 pastors and leaders who are already committed to it. And so you want to get information, you go to Ambassadors Assembly 
uh, org or go to edoismith.org. There's a ministry assessment there. Uh, whether you're a pastor, whether you're the men's ministry, uh, music ministry, we have stuff for the entire church to help move churches from where they are to the next level. Whether you're traditional or whether you planted your church. You know, I've been blessed now to plant two churches. So if you go into a church like the one, my, our main campus is 147 years old. So I've been able to go and learn how to, how to maneuver in that kind of context. Or if you started from the ground up, we have insight for you. And pastors who are affected from all over the country. Uh, top tier pastors who are part of the ambassador's assembly. And so we just want to help pastors have a resource. You don't have to fight alone. You know, there's no need of you paying a tuition for a class I already took. Reverend. Uh, that makes sense. Reverend. Yeah. yeah. A fool learns from his own mistakes, and a wise man learns from mistakes of others. And me, this fool has learned a lot in 35 years. Yeah. Uh, stuff you, you can avoid just simply by having the conversations and being connected. Let me tell you how powerful he is, man. You know, they always say I'm doing a lot of stuff in, in Virginia. I, man, I took my resume to his church that he passed away. <laughs> and so, he just started laughing at me in the door, man. <laughs> no, I didn't. So, huh? Who, not you. Okay. No, oh, not oh, you. Oh, the God. deacon came to the door. He just started laughing. He looked at me like, he just started laughing, dude. I was like, man, whoever get in church going to have to be strong as all the way. And that so, joke was so, the rudest so, thing so, I've seen. So my, my, my former church? Yeah. You, you never told me that. Yeah, no, no, not your former church. No, okay. no, no. Okay. The church you at now. Oh, okay. You know, right down the street. Right, okay. Green Forest, okay, where okay, I was. Yeah. Okay. So you know, I, I two thousand four. Yeah, yeah, you know, I put my thing in. Yeah. Dude, you know, them big old doors, man. It's just yeah. like a movie, man. Yeah. Them big old doors when y'all used to be on Snapping. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude, open the door. He looked at. He looked at him and just started laughing into my resume. Like he ain't say hey and that. He just started laughing like, "Nigga, you ain't getting this." <laughs> I am not lying. Are you kidding? I am not kidding, man. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you something. This man is anointed, and what he does is, man, some of the ingenious things that you did, man. I mean. He, he the one showed me the art of giving plaques. Wow. <laughs> the art of giving plaques, man. Tell people thank you and, and move them on their way. Wow. They know they shouldn't be there no more, but at wow. least you clapping they, your hands while you sending them on their way. Wow. You understand? That is one of the most ingenious things. You go in his church. I'm giving him all, I'm giving all the secrets away. <laughs> he has a whole history of the church. He made sure he honored the old pastors and the pastor that was there right before him. You can't get mad at that. And see, a lot of times people come and they fight. They fight the old memory. You don't have to fight the old memory. Embrace it. It was there. Respect it. Because some of them people not going to never leave that alone. I mean, look. Wow. Only people made it to the promised land was Caleb and Joshua. Absolutely. Right? Nobody from Moses' generation made it. Not right. even Moses himself. <laughs> exactly. None of them made it. Right. Because they couldn't let it go. Right. Man, when we had it, he <laughs> held his staff up. Right. Then, when they split the split seat, then we stepped in the water. You ain't even got no staff. What you doing? And they couldn't change. And sometimes them people not going to ever change. Right. And you don't have to change them. Right. Keep on being nice to them. Let them keep paying their tithes and offerings. Yes. Respect them and stop fighting memory. The thing about it is, if you lift up Jesus Christ, and I worry about lifting up your name. Yeah, you won't be fighting a memory. My, that's, that's so true. You know what I'm saying? A pastor ain't gonna say who the name is. He probably gonna get it. A pastor told me that they give was not humility, and they they were talking to me about how do you fight the memory of an old pastor? Like you can't fight the memory. Yeah. You just gotta embrace that memory, respect that memory, and then make your own memories. Yeah. And I told him, I said, Hey man, you need to go down over to Dr. Dewey Smith Church and just look at the wall. He visually respected all. The history of it. Yeah. 
I mean, the Bible do that. The Bible yeah. say that we got the old covenant and new covenant, but they still give us all the memories of the stuff that we don't even do no more. You ain't got to do a turtle dove. You don't have to go get a, a partridge anymore. You don't have to go get any hens. You don't have to go get, you know what I'm saying? You don't right. have to go get all these different bullocks and rams anymore. Right. But they still put all those traditions in there because it began to show us where we are now. Absolutely. Now, after we had to do all that, we saw God said, you know what? You can't even keep the law. So let me give you Jesus. But he didn't write the new to get to just say we ain't gonna keep the law. He just said, I'm gonna usher in grace. What I'm saying is this. What I'm really trying to tell you is this. Even the Old Testament and New Testament, we don't live in the Old Testament anymore, but the memory's still there. Let those people embrace that memory. Let them have those precious memories and remember when they did stuff a certain way. Yeah, keep moving them along, but if you start having the pride and understanding that Jesus Church is not your church, you'll be able to deal with that a little better. That's, a, that's 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 so well said. You know, some stuff is truth, some stuff is taste. Mm. And a lot of times we don't know how to fight the difference yeah. between truth and taste. So for me, when I went <laughs> to the church, it was I, I said the Lord said to me, "You come to this church, you just get started. I want you to look for three things: look for stuff that's unbiblical, stuff that repels visitors, stuff that's antagonistic to growth. Okay, as long as it's not doing those things, you can be you can just because you don't like it, it don't doesn't mean it's not." Truth, right? That's your. That's not. That's not politic. That's your preference. Reverend. And a lot of times we fall out when going to churches because we because it doesn't fit our taste buds. But 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 you got to respect the foundational members. Wow. You, you're on their shoulders. Right. You Without them, you don't have anything. Dude. So you just you don't you, you you never make the you never become an enemy of the past. Wow. You, you build on the good things of the church. The church preceded you. Right. So they did something effective before you right. got there. Well, not not saying it's not saying that improvement is not needed, but if a church was there 80 years before you got there, right. they exist 80 years. So you need to respect <laughs> you that. There. You exactly. need to respect that. And, and you continue to build and take it, take it forward. Right. Man, this has been dope, man. But you, man, you speaking at the Jace Conference, man. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's your subject? What you talking about? I'm still working through it. Still, still working, working through, through it. it. Yeah, it's been been nine years since I did the last uh, pastor's conference. Been that so, long? To 2014, yeah, uh, when yeah. I preached what's wrong uh, uh, what's wrong with the carpenter? Which people oh, yeah, still I talk about that. Yeah. You, you so, taught that too at, at your church yeah, too. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, saying, yeah, I, yeah. I was at that one did, when you talked about what's wrong with the carpenter yeah. at your church mm -hmm. before you you apologized before you got over mm -hmm. there. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm still I'm still praying it through and uh, and hopefully in the next thirty days I can nail it down and start really getting ready for it. Yeah. May fourth, y'all pray for me because I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need everybody's prayers. Well, twenty of us gonna be there, man. Oh, God, so we be gonna praise. be deep, man. Yeah, God, I'm excited. And about I think it. I got an extra ticket, man. If you want to go too, cause I think one of two of my people, the husband and wife, they can't go. Mm. But um, yeah, man. So we we gonna be down there to make sure we hear you, cause anytime they see your name, oh, let's go, let's go. Wow. My church, man. I told him, man, I had to make him disappear, man, cause I be getting jealous, cause my mama like him. Like my mama, my mama don't like nothing. My mama like he knew his smell. That's my girl, that. My mama like he knew his smell, Doctor. He knew his smell, and Bishop Moy and me. <laughs> That's it. That's it. But she talking about this Negro too much. She don't never know what's going. Oh, about oh, what's going on? What's going on? Oh, hey, ain't, ain't Dewey Smith gonna be there? Ain't he gonna be there? And, and come to find out, man, then you he live. Ain't your, ne your next door neighbor, my old next door neighbor. Don't you say next to Estes yeah, or something? Yeah, mm -hmm. I grew up with Estes on the AC. They got so big, they, they started with one truck. Now they got just hundreds oh, yeah. of trucks. He, he. And then, you know, they started talking. I was like, man, nigga, trying to steal my mama, man. <laughs> but no, seriously, though, she gonna be tuning in. Um, this, I, don't, I don't think this is going to air, but we already know he's going to bring a mighty word, man. We 
love it when you come up here, man. Man, just just in man, it's so much, man. I gotta ask him this too, man. So what's what's up, man? What you you the album, man? It's it's man. I told you that time I was working out in the weight room, man, and I started spraying tongues, and the little white dude looked over at me. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I never, I never saw you talk like that before. Like, he didn't know what was going on. I scared to mess out the little custodian dude. I mean, he's he my age, but you know, he 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 a real humble guy. I was like, nah, man, I'm over here listening to Dr. E. Dewey Smith. You know, I had to talk to him about praying in the spirit and stuff like that. And he, he calmed down. He thought something wrong, but he thought I was having a seizure or something, I think. But man, that's a powerful. Yo, man, your album, your word is always so powerful, man. Like what? 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 What inspired you to write that? Well, you know, uh, I've always I was a musician first. You know, I started playing guitar at three, piano at five. I had my first church job playing drums. I was probably nine. So I was a musician first. And uh, but when I started preaching at seventeen, my mentors was like, "Dude, you nobody's gonna respect you as no choir director." So I love music, but I would kind of push to the background. But my mom always wanted me to do use your gifts. You can write songs. You you know, I write songs for people. And when she passed away, I decided to honor her by doing my first solo project. And man, and uh, it, was, it was named one of the, it was named one of the top albums by Billboard yeah. in twenty twenty one. I got nominated for uh, four Stella Awards. I won a Stella Award. I got nominated for a Dove Award. I was nominated for the AMA uh, American Music Awards out in Los Angeles, and I made the first round for the BAP, for the Grammys. And so I had a number one a single. Yeah. And uh, now my second single is uh, number 25 on Billboard, wow. I Give You Jesus. So my first two singles both made the top 30. And so it's just something I never thought I would do. And uh, I'm in the studio now working on my second album. So just God just gave me songs. And so now I realize, you know, um, you know, you, if God gave you the gift, use it. Man. It's what you do. You, you comedy, Man, real estate, I, I education, you. Yeah. preaching. You, you don't have to fit in a box. Exactly, you know, man. boxes are for things, not people. Man, so God man. gives you something, man. Use that for use your all your gifts for God's calling. And, and we talked about this a little bit the last time when Justin was filming it, man. Mm. And it just, I just got to say this. I played a couple of times, but mm. I ain't been playing enough. I had a pastor that told me when a pastor shouldn't be playing the saxophone. You wow. know, I was a young youth pastor, so I put it down for a wow. minute. I'm talking about, dude. I used to be good, good. Like now, I probably go to jail. But like they be playing at a club, I have myself. I would just walk on stage and start playing with people. That's how crazy I was. Wow. Helen Baylor, I don't know what year that was, 97, 98, when she did a live recording at uh Cathedral of Holy Spirit, your building when Earl Park had it yeah. before y'all bought it. I'm out there because we had an orchestra and I thought it was time to play for the orchestra. I'm sitting in there and I'm thinking it's time to play. I'm like, oh man, I'm in the wrong place. But I sat there. So the dude that was playing the saxophone. His pads on his saxophone started falling off, so he took. I said, "Man, I, I took my mouthpiece off, let him use my my saxophone." But one of them old school songs, she started singing. He went feeling it. He gave. I said, "Man, give me the saxophone, give me the saxophone." So I started playing on the live album. I ain't gonna lie to you on no tape, cause y'all go look at it. I'm like that nigga line mm. on the live tape. The dude says, "Stop." No, it's good, it's good. I'm on their live album. I ain't getting no credits. Wow. But I'm on Helen Baylor's live album playing one if they if they didn't cut it. You know what I'm saying? Wow. But I definitely played in a live recording sitting there in the orchestra pit because I thought I was supposed to be there. Now, wow. the next time I tried to do it on purpose, but they had it roped off. They, were like, <laughs> <laughs> they had it roped off the next day, man. But the thing was, I used my gifts, and I should not. Have um, that was before I started, but that's before I came to youth pastor, uh, where I was a youth pastor at 
um, in, a, in another city, man. I don't want to say what city it is. Y'all know it. Y'all just know it. But the, the amazing thing is, man, when you when you just saying that, I got to make sure in the next month I'm going to be playing all the time at the church like I'm supposed to, man, because you using your gifts. People told me not to do comedy. I met you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I never would have been at maximizing moment. I never would have been comfortable because when I tell you he let me come to his church meeting, I ain't never seen a happy church meeting. But his church meeting was very productive. I'm like, man, a church meeting, you ain't got to kill people for real. Like, you ain't got to cut nobody's throat. And I said, you know what? <laughs> One day, we're going to have great, wholesome, good um, church meetings than we do now. Like, we yeah. don't even argue like that. Yeah. We might have differences and go back and forth, but it's always productive, man. So, but again, my gift made room for me because that's how I met him. He wow. was preaching for Reverend Mims. Right after I did a comedy set, man. He's yeah. like, man, you crazy. So I met him and then I started going to um his meetings wow. at uh at um at his at his church, man, in Atlanta, man. That's so that's 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 exactly how it happened. Yeah, man. That's how it happened. Yeah. So use your gifts, man. Like you said, box up a things, not people. Don't let anybody put you in a box. Man, listen. Man. Man man, David David was a shepherd, he was a musician, he was a poet, he was a warrior, and he was a king. Yeah. And still a man of God's own heart. All right? day. And so what what makes us think? Paul was a tent maker and a preacher. Yeah. Luke was a writer and a physician. Yeah. But when it comes to the, to the, to the saints, we think you're supposed to you know, do it, one time. Because we let people put you in a box. They told me, you're a pastor, you're supposed to just sit right here yeah. and do what? Yeah. yeah. You don't grow churches sitting in the office. Yeah. But anyway, man, look, we got to get ready to eat. So look, end us with a word, man. I'm, I'm hungry. I know you hungry. My dude that got out the plane came right here, man, just to let me borrow his platform, man. So, man, end us with a word, my dude. You know, I think this whole conversation, it reminds me, uh, and my final word would be Jesus and Nicodemus in John 3. Jesus says, you must be born again. And Nicodemus says, well, how can I be born when I'm old? Can I enter the second time into my mama's womb? And that lets me know that people, it's possible to have mama's womb theology. <laughs> Reverend! And what that means is God is trying to birth something new in your life, take you to another trajectory, born again, a new deliverance. But what we want to do is return back to what we just left. And it's hard to go forward to a higher level if you got mama's womb theology. <sighs> He's trying to bring you out, but you want to go back in. And so if you're watching here today, I just oh. came to tell you, we got to get away from Mama's Womb Theology. Man. And let him take us to a higher level and watch God bless your life. You can't go backwards. Come on out and go higher. Uh, man, I know that's the last word, but I got to say something, man. Look, that's it. Because some of us started trying to, we got out, we went through the pandemic. We changed stuff up. Soon as the pandemic kind of was over, we tried to force ourselves right back into what we knew was broken. Oh my God, man, I'm, I'm done, man. I, I'm, I'm, I ain't trying to follow that, man. I'm just letting you know, I'm, I'm done, man. Hey, it's a wrap. Bring the smoke, he brought it, burn it down, done. Hey everybody, how you doing? This book, is a book I believe everyone should buy. Not just because I wrote it, but because this book was birthed out of pain. And you learn so much during those painful moments. This is called Leadership Growth, The Power and the Pain. You can't have the power unless you've been through the pain. Bishop Morton wrote the foreword. It's been endorsed as well by our former governor, uh, Terry McAuliffe, and by our Newport News Sheriff. 
Sheriff Gabriel Morgan. I promise you this book will bless you. Please get it, not just for me, but to bless you. Go to willamaxwell.org or click on the links below and I promise you this book will bless you. If you don't just buy it for yourself, buy it for someone else. It's a short read, but it's a powerful read. I've been getting testimonies all across the country and I promise you it will bless your life.